every time I get ejected from the airlock, I just use a subspace message to allow to be me back onto the ship. Yo, you see, you missed my point. Exposing you to the vacuum of space over and over and over is for one purpose and one purpose only. It's for you to achieve your Zenkai. Uh, Zenkai is not how Borg shielding is spelled in Borg. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Hello, everyone. Yeah, I'm just waiting. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Well, we're alive. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, no, I, I deliberately just slowly turned on the stream and just <laughs> let you guys keep going. You know, I really was thinking we could do like just a comedy improv night. So Behind in character, it'd be great. Behind mm -hmm. the scenes. <laughs> it's like a VH1 special. There you go. There you go. But yes, VH1. hello, everybody. We just need to have pop-up video. There you oh, go. Oh, God. There you go. Oh, Lord. Hello. Welcome. This is Season 2, Episode 7 of Star Trek Congo, our little Star Trek Adventures actual play. I uh, don't really have much in the way of announcements other than I am doing a special Just Chatting stream tomorrow evening. Uh, the topic will be depression, so it might be a bit of a morose subject, but I encourage you to come check it out all the same. Uh, should be going live somewhere around 9 o'clock, and I'll be making tweets and all that nonsense as well. Um, yeah, don't have any announcements. Let's just have everyone introduce themselves and then we'll get started. So let's start with the captain. Hello, everyone. My name is Matthew. I play Captain Lee Tobin, a uh, Bajoran on his first command, who is intensely religious. Oh, damn it! <laughs> I the captain, we, not the command. I thought we were missing it this time. Uh, hello, uh, I am John, and I play Lieutenant Joe Terrell, uh, the chief engineer. Um, ex-pilot uh, ex type guy. Yep, that's me. Succinct, John. I loved it. Um, hey, guys. I'm Aaron. I play Commander Dottig, the uh, science officer slash XO of the Congo. I'm Watney. I play Dr. LL, the uh, chief medical officer of the Congo in the Denobulan. I'm Dag, and I play the ex-Borg Augment Fives, I'm the chief security of the Congo, and tonight this crew of intrepid improvisational jokesters is going to pretend to be serious while we go investigate, like, a dark matter nebula or something, right? I mean, for various definitions of serious, sure, I guess. Yeah, if they want to yap at me about it, they can find me on Twitter at TrekNexus. In, uh, in a matter nebula darkly. All nebulas matter. Oh, boy. All right. Well, I believe today, Mr. Jaro, you have the opening log, so take it away. Ah, yes. <clears throat> Chief Engineer's log. Stardate, uh, yeah, yeah. Stardate 94773.6. Uh, the trip to DSO was an amazingly productive one starting with the completion of the new phase cloaking system on the Banshee, uh, with the assistance of Commander Tivna. <sighs> oh, yeah, yeah, uh, she helped with the cloak, and then, of course, uh, found a way to help with repairing my relationship slash friendship with uh, Jana, which is something I just did not believe was uh, something I could have done on my own. Uh, I really missed that guy. Uh, it's good to have, good to have that relationship back. Uh, but 
uh, DSO is so different now. And I'm not really sure it's for the better. Uh, the station just feels odd without Stetko and Kiswick. Um, I really need to reach out to that guy and see how he's doing. And, and maybe I can uh, chat with Stetko sometime. Uh, well, well, we'll see. I, I hear she's a first officer now, so I'm sure she's doing fine. Uh, well, we've left DSO. Uh, finally, after having finally made the, the uh, good old Congo a complete ship again, um, we're now on our way to a dark matter nebula, less than three light years from DSO. I personally really want to light it up with some Metreon particles, as I've heard the process is quite stunning to, to view. Uh, but knowing our crew, we'll find a reason to uh, enter said nebula, and uh, so instead I'm going to spend a few extra cycles ensuring the navigational array is, well, as prepared as possible for any spatial anomalies we'll encounter within the nebula. Not to mention the whole possibility of dark matter life forms like the Kumar or something like that. Uh, but who knows, maybe I'll get another chance to shoot that take. Uh, yeah, uh, Jaro out. Very nice. You may have a uh, momentum for that opening log. And to carry on with the theme, we're actually going to now go to the bridge. I know I'm doing it a little bit of out of order, but we're going to go to the bridge where we see Lieutenant Fives uh, currently manning the bridge with Ensign Shatalik, Ensign Rowan, and Ensign Prin. Now, Mr. Fives, uh, to set the scene here, um, and of course anybody can jump in as the other NPCs, uh, you're about an hour out from the Dark Matter Nebula. Uh, everything seems to be green so far. No anomalies, no problems with the sensors, no problems with the mission pod. Everything is pretty much just a waiting game right now. So the pack led says the Ferengi with the gorilla suit has to go. Yeah, I keep trying to figure out why that's funny. I heard it on DSO the other day and it just doesn't click with me. And Rowan will turn around and take a look at five and say, Don't quit your day job, sir. Oh, yeah. You see, I get that one. That's. That's old colloquial humor. I understand that. I, I think that's more of an insult than humor, sir. <sighs> I, I, yeah. But I mean, what makes... Is an insult intended, or is it what's received? Shatalik uh, looks over and says, uh, that joke left me cold, and, well, I'm Andorian. But I thought Andorians were warm-blooded. <sighs> Never mind. Well, look at us, a rowdy bunch of jokesters on the bridge tonight. This is actually kind of cool sitting in this chair. Uh, if you, there's a there's a little toggle beneath the right armrest that if you toggle it back and forth, you can actually make the chair go up and down. Whoa! Whoa. And because I got a complication from Genesis. Mr. Fives, when you push the button to make the chair go up and down, it literally comes out of its housing and slides right onto the floor in front of where it should be. Uh, I don't I think can't. it's supposed to do that. <laughs> well, obviously it's supposed to do that, otherwise it wouldn't be capable of doing that. I can't, I can't believe you fell for that. That's, you, like, it's, that's, 
that's, that's the that's the quick release. Yeah. Yeah, so they can replace the chair when it's yeah. at uh yeah. 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 I hate you. And and that's No no offense. None taken. I'm fine uh, with that. Fives will lift the chair back onto its post. I need you to roll me a control and engineering difficulty of one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping Ooh. for a complication on this one. Let's, let's the deploy the airbags. Uh, was a, you said a control engineering? Yep. Man, control engineering. Imagine every day you're in your car and you set the seat and you just, you're rolling control engineering for that. And well, you're putting the seat back in your car. Um, can I fight the chair? No, you may not fight the chair. The chair okay, might well, fight then... back, but you cannot win against the chair. All right. Well, we're just going to go in blind on this. No focus. Fun times. All right. Hey, that's one success. That's all you need. So <laughs> you get it back in its housing, whether it's at Lee's preferred height, you have no idea. Uh, computer restore captain's preferences to the, uh, the captain's chair, please. And nothing happens. I mean, the computer still beeps, but nothing visibly happens. Hey, it's perfect already. That's that's my mantra. Perfection. I, I, sir, I think that it's just sort of a mechanical system. It's not attached to any kind of automated adjustment. Really? I, I don't think that they ever foresaw the need for an automated or, I don't know, digitized adjustment to the I mean, height the... of a chair. The restraints deploy automatically. I just figured that the seat would adjust automatically. It's like when you go to your console and somebody else has been using it and they've moved all your buttons around. So you just import your preferences from your last shift and it reorganizes the console. Yeah, doesn't doesn't have cup holders either. And really, you think that it should just recognize the the user. I mean, when I go to a console, it should recognize my biosignature and automatically adjust to my configuration. Hmm. You might be able to talk Alel and Jaro into developing a, you know, a bioproximal system like that. That'd be great. Do you think the captain would like a cup holder? I could probably get one in there. Wasn't it the captain who said we weren't allowed to have drinks on the bridge anymore? Well, I mean, captains are very often do what I say, not what I do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's the captain sets the standard. So really, have we ever seen the captain spill a drink on the bridge? No. Therefore, he's probably the only one that we should allow to have one. That's probably true. Do you so, remember that? I'm just going to throw this out there. What I'm hearing is Chekhov's gun. The captain has to spill a drink in the third act. <laughs> Let's see how we can subvert that expectation. We really do have to have like Alel and the captain banter about. Well, they need to stay hydrated, so they at least need to be able to have water on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. So, um, anything, anything out there, Ensign Prin? Anything notable? <laughs> Given that I'm not a science officer, I am not really sure. I wasn't looking, but. Um... I mean, if you want me to take a look, I could. I was just—I was just doing some reading on Tellarite history. And what's um, what, what, what do you, what do you do here? Well, if, if Ensign Rowan would step aside and let me pilot the ship, I could do that far better than her. But oh, oh, oh. hang on a minute. That is 
a challenge. A challenge. Shuttlecraft races next week. No, 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 no. You see, I use the third person. So I was directing that to our, well, our chief of security, not to you. If I had said you were a less competent pilot than I am, then that would be a challenge. Great, but I was sitting right here when you said it. So... I think we're coming back to that old question. I mean, do you give offense or do you take offense? Isn't that wasn't that the philosophical conundrum we were pondering earlier? Yeah, and that's a you know, that's a good. And you know, we were sort of talking about old colloquialisms. So here's one: Prin, put your money where your mouth is. Why would why would you eat money? I does it, am I the only? Per, am I the only non-human that's actually spent any amount of time on Earth? I, I think so, but I, I do take the meaning. I mean, a, a Horta could probably consume a vast quantity of gold, which is used, of course, to encapsulate uh, liquid latinum. So, are, are, do you, you want us to become pretend to be Hortas? I hate you. And on that, I, I don't note. feel anything about you whatsoever because you don't matter to me, but. On that note, we're going to transition seats. Uh, we're going to end up down in uh, Congo's sickbay where uh, Alel Joros just walked in. And last you knew, he wasn't due for anything. Oh. Jaro, what, what can I do for you? Uh, hi, Doctor. Uh, I seem to have tweaked my arm a little bit. Okay, um, why don't you have a seat here on this biomed? Um, well, uh... Is there a problem? Uh, no, 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 uh, I just... It, it's my arm. I, I mean, my whole body doesn't have to be on the biomed for an arm, does it? Would it be more or less awkward if you just, like, stuck your arm on the biobed for a scan, or if you just put your butt up there? Jaro hops up. Okay, and he's like, he's uneasily like swinging his feet as he's sitting there. Ah, let me uh adjust that for you. <laughs> Nalel will like push a couple buttons on the side of the bio bed to make it go down to so where his feet can touch the ground. <laughs> <sighs> that better? Uh, yeah, it was more of a nervous habit than any but yeah uh yeah arm maybe uh, holds up his right arm what makes well i'm sorry but is there something about my sick bay that makes you nervous uh just sick bays in general i'm not a huge fan oh okay i mean yours is the best of the sick bays i've been in but you also have to figure that you know one of those was Dante, so Ah, very low, very low bar, mm -hmm. perhaps. <laughs> oh, he's not here to, to defend himself. What am I saying? You must have heard of the legends of those Borg Tribbles that like to hang around the sick bay, huh? And she's going to like start scanning with the biobed and typing. All right, Jaro, what's wrong with you? Ah, uh, he has no idea. Hmm. The, the doctor knows, though. We've already kind of talked about it. Do I need to on, do a I'll scan? Okay. 
she's like sad that her org triple mentioned didn't get a reaction um well it looks like you have uh lateral epicondylitis um okay uh that doesn't sound good uh let me see your arm yeah he sticks his arm out it's bent slightly okay so she's gonna like kind of exercise it and move it ah pain pain Mm -hmm. is that painful painful Mm -hmm. okay yeah uh, it reminds me of an old joke uh you know hey doc it hurts when i do this uh and then the doctor says well don't do that but you're the doctor and never mind i just want to make sure it was the right arm it is my left arm is fine well humans know this uh otherwise as tennis elbow not to be confused with swimmer's ear which which would affect my arm humans <laughs> i don't know why humans do that naming thing but nonetheless mm-hmm. it, uh how long have you been working in engineering in in the in the the field oh in in the field of engineering mm-hmm. um well, as as primary, uh, just since I've been on the on the Congo, mm-hmm. uh, but it's always been like, you know, how people have majors and minors. You know, that's kind of my that was kind of my minor in uh, in Starfleet Academy. So I did help a lot on DSO. Mm-hmm. Do you play a lot of uh, pickleball or spring ball or um, racket based games? No, no, uh, I, I don't. I, I do a little bit uh, of practice with, uh, you know, with phaser, uh, but other than that, I really don't do a whole lot of leisure time activities. Ah, uh, so it's it's safe to say that you've been working overtime then. Well, I mean, we have to get ready to go into. We had to put the mission pod back in place. I had to ensure that everything was... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have. Well, um, I can give you something for the pain, but and maybe for a little bit of the inflammation, but the best thing for this is simply to rest and recover. Is that something you think you can do? Um probably i could probably pencil it in for next week no you're going to take the next couple of days a little bit easier how about that a little bit easier i can do but we are going to be checking out the uh, dark matter nebula and uh well oh god and i have to go and swing by the captain's quarters or the ready room and make sure that the oh, that the, the damn replicator's working. I don't know what's wrong with his replicator. I really don't. It's always just a little something. What I'm hearing is that you can't regulate your working hours at all and I'm going to have to put you on bed rest until this gets better. Oh, oh, I feel so much better. He winces a little bit. No, no, no. What? Yeah, uh, 
you know, uh, a cortisol shot, and I'm pretty sure I'll be fine. Who's the doctor? Oh, uh, sorry. It, you know, it was pretty much the only thing I got right in the medical, you know, uh, in the testing. As the, the uh, as, dot, as dot tag puts it, you know, C double minus D double plus. I, I don't know. Well, um, let's try, let's try starting with two days off and if you see improvement, then give it a third and then come back if it still hurts. Uh, sure thing, doctor. Okay. He, uh, I have, I have, I'll have my eye on you. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, thanks for the time, doctor. Um, I'll see you in two days and, uh, he leaves the uh, the sick bay and goes straight to engineering. <laughs> and with that, we Computer. are now. Where uh, is Jaro? While doing going? so, while doing so, <laughs> he drops his uh, cob badge off in his quarters. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's geez. a Jaro thing to do. Yeah, that's that's classic Jaro right there. <laughs> okay. All right. So with that, we're gonna transition to the captain's ready room where we sort of see uh, Captain Lee minding his own business when a chime at the door and in steps Mr. Dottig. And I think you would see that uh, Lee would have in his hand a, an actual physical book, sees that, uh, Jar that uh, sorry, Dottig enters into the room, place the uh, book down on the table. Uh, Commander, thank you for coming to see me. Please have a seat. And uh, yeah, Dottig will sit down and say, uh, this is a what can I do for you, sir? Well, Commander, we've uh, already gone over a number of different personnel reports uh, for the rest of the crew. Um, as you know, based on the recommendations of a number of the people under his command and my own assessment, I've promoted uh, Ensign Jaro to Lieutenant Jaro. I was wondering if you had any final thoughts on anyone else who might be up for a promotion. Well, by my estimation, there are two that come to mind. Uh, I believe that Dr. Allel has shown remarkable competence, and I believe she is ready to take on more command responsibilities. Hmm. Likewise, uh, in a little while, I believe that uh, Mr. Fives likewise will be ready for that uh, next step. They both have demonstrated competence, at the very least, in their fields. I believe that the doctor still has a little bit to learn about prioritizing the safety of the crew and the ship as a whole, but I do see great promise there as well. Anyone else? Um, I think uh, Anton Hennessy down on deck 16 in uh, planetary geology also is uh, an excellent candidate to be uh, bumped up to Lieutenant JG. Hmm. 
I don't know, he, he's always been a little bit absent-minded, I found. The unfocused eye sometimes sees the larger picture. I suppose that it does prevent us from becoming a little bit too myopic. And what about yourself, Commander? What about me? I think you know what I'm asking, Dateg. You were, of course, reduced in rank as a consequence of your actions with uh, the Breen. But it would, of course, be in my purview at this juncture to restore your rank of full commander. I would leave that up to you, sir. I have a distaste for talking about my own work. That certainly didn't seem to be the impression that I got from you when you first arrived. I believe that you were really rather proud of a particular article that you had produced. Oh, I'm immensely proud of my, my medical work. But my role as a science officer and the first officer at a... Um, well, it's something that I have decided to take on with uh, great humility. I mean, obviously, it, I have no need to be humble about it, but I feel that uh, uh, a dignified, solemn first officer is, uh, who puts the crew ahead of himself is a benefit to the ship more so than a braggadocious uh, megalomaniac. It's interesting how you've also managed to praise yourself by way of your attempt at, you know, obviating the need to do so. Um, it's a finely cultivated skill, Captain. I can see that, Doctor. I understand, of course, why your people have such a reputation for their argumentative skills. You're um, incredibly quick-witted in your own way. It is rather funny that you should mention the disparities between the different roles that you've been called on to play. And Lee will actually pick up the book that he had put down earlier and hand it over to you. And you'll see the title is um, As You Like It by William Shakespeare. I don't know if you're at all familiar with Terran literature. Hmm. I've heard that Shakespeare is actually much better than Klingon. Well, it has its moments. There's something about the guttural quality of the Klingon language that does seem to fall in a strangely sonorous fashion on the ear. Mm. Mm. But, uh, I'm not familiar with this particular work. Mm. Well, there's a, a curmudgeonly and rather nihilistic individual in the play who reminds us that all the world's a stage and all the people within it merely players. That we go through our lives assuming innumerable roles, taking on different responsibilities, different identities. And it's the attempt to grapple with that, to understand those different identities that makes us who we are at any given time, that allows us to become unique individuals while assuming those roles. Of course, he doesn't mean that, but... Strange coincidence, at least, and something I've been thinking about, the different roles that we're called on to play. But didn't um, didn't Shakespeare also write that life in another play described it as uh, a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing? 
the diversity of human experience and I think the realities of all sapient experience has been quite adequately captured by Shakespeare. There are lives that are nothing more than, what is it, a tinkling cymbal or clanging brass. And there are some lives that can strive to become more than that. I've been very impressed by your performance, Doctor, and by your performance, Commander, in all the roles that you've chosen to assume. If you want that promotion, if you want to assume the greater responsibilities of that new role, I think you've more than earned it. I didn't know why losing my former rank bothered me so much. But as I travel aboard Congo, I realized more and more it bothered me because I did not live up to it the first time around. It's a mistake that I don't intend to repeat. If you feel the time has come, then I would accept. You know, some of us can never truly come to terms with that realization. Some of us have to seek out a new role in order to, I don't know, move on from the mistakes that we've made, the responsibilities that we haven't lived up to. If you're familiar with my service record, you you know why I'm no longer a doctor. That you've come to that realization, I think, again, speaks well of your character. Well, I... I appreciate you saying so, sir. I guess then the only question is, do you want a formalized ceremony of some sort, or...? No. No. I'm... I'm no longer interested so much in accolades. The work is the reward. then in that, I'll respect your opinion, Doctor. Or should I say, full Commander. And Lee will hold up a pip and offer it to Commander Dautig. Yeah, the Dautig will take it and sort of look at it for a long few seconds before removing his, uh, his half pip and affixing the, the third full pip to it. And I have the perfect place for this if you don't mind. Commander, you are of course within your rights to uh, assign it as you see fit. Excellent. And uh, Dati will get up and walk over to uh, Captain Lee's replicator and uh, say the, um, the magnetic bit on the other side of a pip, you can actually unalign the uh, the matter stream on the replicate, replicator by uh, 0.1, 0.2 microns, and it makes uh, 
things not work correctly anyway. I want to keep Jaro on his toes. Oh, uh, you might also wish to remove the paneling at junction C7. Uh, if you slip the pip into a coaxial phase coil in there, mm. you'll actually create a magnetic destabilization that will exacerbate the issue. It will it'll take him 10 minutes to find it. If I do that and then run the power through a secondary bypass, it'll actually give him mild electric shock when he touches it. That, that might be going just a little bit too far, Doctor. Remember, right. first, do no harm. That's I think that should be the guiding impetus for us as commanding officers, even if we're not doctors anymore. I yield to your wisdom, of course, and uh, if you don't mind me saying so, sir, he says as he fiddles with the replicator, you're a diabolical genius. I have to keep pace with my first officer, Commander. I'm going to say, well, if, uh, if that's all, sir. Very good, Commander. I will see you on the bridge. Very good. And yeah, right. I think we'll leave the ready room. So, funny thing, actually. So, as you walk back out onto the bridge, uh, of course, there's some banter going on, but uh, Ensign Rowan's console begins beeping, and she looks down and goes, uh, oh, Hey, Dottig. Um, congrats on the promotion. Um, right. Sorry, I need to pay attention to this beeping. Uh, sir, there's a object about 100,000 kilometers off our port bow. Thank you, Ensign. Full stop. And everything comes to a stop. Fives will and, stand and nod to Dottig to offer the chair back to him. And uh, Dottig will sort of just fold his arm, look at Fives, and say, Lieutenant, recommendations. Uh, I'm curious to know how it got so close to us without us being able to detect it, but uh, if we could extend sensors in that area and get a full spectrum sweep, uh, we might have a better idea of what we're looking at. Excellent. Ensign Chitalik, please carry out the lieutenant's orders. Uh, yes, sir. Chitalik, of course, being the perfect person for this. Uh, go ahead and have Shatalik roll me a reason and a security, and the ship will assist you with a sensor security. The difficulty will be just a zero, so free momentum. I have Shatalik. Does somebody want to get the ship? Oh, I was playing Shatalik, so oh, I've okay, already sorry. started. I've okay. already started rolling. Oh, and you've already got a uh, momentum from chat. Sensors and uh, sensors and security for the ship. All right, that's one success already. Another success. So I believe you're actually up to four momentum right now. Very nice. So, uh, Shatalik, there's actually a very good reason why you didn't detect it until now. There's neutronium in whatever alloy makes up this object. And when you put it on the main viewer, uh, what you all see is a matte cylinder made out of a gray material that is about the size of a turbo lift. Uh, the actual car of the turbo lift, I should say. But it doesn't appear to have any markings, doesn't appear to have uh, any entry or exit points. It's just sort of a cylinder floating out there in the void. Any energy signatures? Uh, due to the, um, the neutronium in the alloy, you're not getting really anything out of the cylinder. Really, it's a, it's a miracle that you can even detect it at all. Helm, take us to 10,000 kilometers off its starboard bow. 
and uh, prepare a tractor beam. All right. And as you all do the tractor beam task, uh, that's going to be a control security, and the ship will assist you with a engine security, difficulty of one, and as you do that, I'm going to welcome the raiders. So hello, hello raiders, welcome, welcome, my name is ELH, I'm a VTubing game master, uh, glad you could stop by, uh, we're playing Star Trek Adventures right now, which uh, is a lot of fun, a little bit of that uh, space opera feel, if you will. But yeah, thank you for dropping by. Uh, but yeah, so what did I say? It's going to be control security from Shatalik or 5, so whoever wants to push the button. And the ship will roll, again, a engine security. Difficulty of 1 here. Does 5 want, fives want to take it? Uh, Commander Dodig left me in charge, so that will go to Shatalik. Okay. And uh, who has the ship? I got the it. The ship no already rolled. Like... Yep, ship already rolled. Oh. No help from the ship. Me not paying attention. Way to go, Fives. First day of the job. Ooh, All right, hey, there's nice. your two successes. Hey. And that'll get you an additional one. So we see a tractor beam lance out from one of the emitters on the Congo, and uh, I think Rowan just sort of turns and says, do we want to bring it aboard, sir? Mr. Fives, do you have a risk risk assessment for me? Uh, based on the energy signatures that were collected uh, in the sensor scan, I have no reason to believe that there is any hostile or dangerous material aboard that ship. Uh, item. Object. Sir. Very good. Um, then let's bring it into Cargo Bay 2 and make sure that we enact full quarantine protocol. And um, it looks dimensionally to be large enough for standard humanoid or several um, I'll please... have a security detachment standing by sir and uh, please notify Dr. Allel to be on standby as well yes sir uh, Ensign Shatalik bring it into cargo bay 2 um, bridge to engineering oh uh, yes uh, you, you hear someone else's uh, combat call for... yeah Jaro here Hey, Jaro, um, can you have a quarantine team uh, cordon off uh, Cargo Bay 2? We're bringing in an unknown object. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll you know what? I'm going to go down there myself as well. Okay. Uh, just don't tell the doctor. Um, Never mind. <laughs> Later. Bye. Bridge out. Excellent. Uh, um, Mr. Fives, you have the bridge. I'll be in Cargo Bay 2. Yes, sir. And Fives will continue calling uh, his security team to have a security team uh, show up at the door for Cargo Bay 2 and then hail Alel. Bridge to Sickbay. Sickbay, your microphone may be on mute. <laughs> this is Alel. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, hey, Doc. Uh, we're bringing in an unknown object. Uh, might have Ooh. some. Might have some people on board. We can't scan through it. It's neutronium. So... Uh, just uh, heads up. Uh, thanks. So, are you bringing it in through the cargo bay? It'll be in cargo bay too. Oh, okay. I'll meet you there. Uh, oh God. <laughs> I'm on the bridge, uh, but uh, uh, Commander Dodig will meet you. Oh, uh, okay. Let me see if I can replicate something real fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bridge out. 
And then, think as he steps into the turbo, it's like, also, Lieutenant, please notify the captain. Of course, sir. And the... Bridge to Captain Lee Tobin. Go ahead, Fives. Uh, we have encountered an unknown object, a mass about the size of a turbo lift car with uh, potential to harbor people aboard it. Uh, it's neutronium, so we can't scan through it. We're bringing it into Cargo Bay 2. I've got a full quarantine and security detachment awaiting, and Commander Dottig is on his way. I appreciate the precautions that you've adapted, um, rather adopted, although in the future I would like to be informed of such an encounter before any decisions are made about its being brought aboard. Understood, sir. Thank you, Lieutenant. I'll be joining you on the bridge in just a moment. Fives out. We're now going to transition to Cargo Bay 2, where, coincidentally, Jaro, Alel, Datig, you all arrive pretty much at the same time uh, from different areas. I'd like to imagine Jaro maybe comes in through the Jeffrey's tube. Uh, Dr. Alel comes in through one of the main doors. Datig, you come in through another one. And then sort of stage left is where we have sort of that exterior door uh, through which the... Uh, cylinder is being brought in uh, to rest upon the deck plate itself. On the bridge, Fives will have uh, Rowan bring up the Cargo Bay 2 viewer. Uh, can Alel see Dottig? I don't know. Dottig, are you making a point to hide? No, no, absolutely not. Actually, with the, if the um, if the the cylinder is being brought in, Datig is um, going to go as close as the quarantine field will allow um, and attempt to examine the cylinder itself for any sort of identifiable markings that could potentially place the origin of this object. Well, I'll tell you again, uh, even at a visual inspection this close, no markings, no scratches, no blemishes blemishes that's a word <laughs> english is good um there are English. literally no imperfections to the surface of this cylinder at all um d okay john is is gyro hiding ah uh, no he 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 comes out of the jeffrey's tube walks over yeah. oh commander uh, he, he stands at attention oh please you never stood on ceremony before don't start now look at this thing seamless not one bolt, not one rivet, not one weld seam. Completely seamless. Mm -hmm. So I, I think then Alal would like just now enter mm -hmm. and the doors would open and she would be visible from where Jaro is and that she was entering the room. Uh, Jaro walks to the other side of Tatek. <laughs> what are, are you going? Oh, nothing. I'm just standing over here. Oh, yes. Uh, hello, you know, doctor. You're, you're uh, she's good like, side. Hi. I just heard. Yes, Look it's incredible. It's, it's she's in like poking at his pip. Oh, right. Yes. Um, thank you. Uh, she just like takes his arm and like, congratulations. I'm happy for you. It's... All right, don't go spreading this around, but... Uh, oh, everyone already knows on the ship. Oh, no, I mean, like, what I'm about to say. Oh. Is... I couldn't have done it without everybody on the crew. 
What a politically correct thing to say for a Tellarite. How sentimental of you. I am learning. And they say the Borg are the only ones who can adapt. Mm. Well, I'm very proud of you. And uh, let's grab a drink later. Celebrate. Uh, that's That sounds great. But first, right. we, we need to make sure there are no people who need help inside this thing. Oh, yeah, this right here. Wait, who's that? Is that Jaro? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. You're yeah. uh, supposed in... to be on bed rest. Ah, you know, I am. You came uh, in through computer. the... He, computer, he came... where is Jaro? <laughs> Jaro is currently located on Cargo Bay 2. What? Oh, damn it. Thank you, computer. You're Thank welcome. You. you know, you may have better luck if you just leave your com badge in your quarters. I, I did. Stop it. <laughs> I take back everything I said about your promotion. All right. Wait, wait. And if I may interject I just real quick, I think what the reason the audience knows why the computer knows is like the security officers outside kind of lean in and go, we totally got him this time. Fives had the right idea to modify the internal sensors. They kind of fist bump. <laughs> There's fist bumps on the bridge, too. Mm. All right, well, job one is finding out if this is some sort of life pod or vessel, so... If I so much, and like, it all gets up real close to... If I so much as see you pick up a spanner... I'm spending two threat. There's a self-sealing stem bolt in Jaro's hand. <laughs> Give me that. What is this doing here? Could be worse. She's going to snatch it out of his hand if she can. Unless you want me to roll. Ah, he gives it to her. <laughs> could be worse, you know. It could be a reverse ratcheting router. Uh, so anyway. Or it could uh, be he... the best. Why do we he have goes, the best, the best here in this situation where he's bed resting? He goes, he goes and right. starts inspecting the cylinder. But uh, right. doctor, I need, we need our chief engineer to help us crack this egg as it were. Now, Jaro. Could we maybe put his bed rest off by like maybe 16, 18 hours? Arms at your sides, Jaro. I don't want to see you even lift or bend your elbow. <laughs> On the bridge. You can use your uh, eyes. On the bridge. It. Nothing else. Five... <laughs> Fives is going to ask uh, Shatalik to um, maintain uh, internal sensors on Cargo Bay 2 and throw up a display superimposed over the Cargo Bay 2 viewer on the main screen. Uh, yes, sir. And she uh, she makes it so. So yeah, Jaro, I was going to ask whether you were inspecting with a uh, engineering tricorder or some special equipment, but if you're just visually inspecting, I'm going to tell you the exact same thing that I told Dante. Oh, no, he's uh, he's using... Uh, I I'm going to have a self-imposed disadvantage okay. in the sense that he's using it with his left hand. Ah, okay. We'll say that increases the difficulty here. Uh, why? You know what? Let's maybe not the difficulty. Maybe it's the complication range. Yeah, that'll do nicely. Um, so this is going to be a reason in engineering, and since you're using an engineering tricorder, it's going to bring the difficulty down from a 3 to a 2. The complication range will be 17 to 20. All 
Almighty. Well, let's see. Starship construction? Ironically, yes, that would work here. All right. And you do have five momentum if you want additional noise. Uh, I will spend one. And of course, we'll have to see how this goes. Hey, look at that. Look at that. You get four successes, and I believe that once again caps you on momentum. There is a micro-millimeter uh, opening, almost like a seam, that you find on the back side of the cylinder. And you, like, if you were to run, you know, like, move a finger over it, you can't because of the quarantine field. But, like, even your your finger, as sort of sensitive as a human finger is, the only way you're sensing it is through the tricorder right now. That's how absolutely insignificantly small this seam is. Uh, it's not quite seamless, Commander. I and, see. Uh, He'll point. He'll point it out on the tricorder. Is that one thirty-fourth of a millimeter? Uh, close. Thirty-six. So, in your professional opinion, Lieutenant, is this an ingress and egress point or structural damage? Uh, no, I believe it is part of the manufacture of the vessel. It is a... a, a it, it is... Uh, so, the question to the GM mm. is, is it a long, uh, continuous seam? Yes, it goes from the top of the cylinder all the way down to the bottom. Yeah, uh, so it definitely looks like it's part of the construction, sir. Um, I could probably figure out how to open it, but that would involve... A more of a hands-on approach, so to speak. Right. Well. And I think we'll look at the, the wall panel um, that the the bridge is viewing them through and say, um, this is Commander Datig. Uh, Captain Lee, have you been listening to us? Yes, I've witnessed the entire exchange, including the, um, well, the rather unorthodox conversation regarding your respect for the entire crew and their contributions to your promotion. Uh, I think we're, we've all been quite touched, Doctor. Very good, sir. Um, and I'm sure that you know, Ensign Rowan is not going to broadcast that to the rest of the ship. Oh, wait, I wasn't supposed to? Uh... No, Ensign, you were absolutely not supposed to do that. Oh, uh, I guess I'll be in the brig? I don't think that's necessary. We'll just put a reprimand in your file. We'll, we'll commute your sentence for now, Ensign. Time served. Captain, request permission to place the quarantine field around Cargo Bay 2 specifically so that we can get access to this thing. Is it possible to scan the interior of the object now that we know that there's a point through which we might be able to finagle some kind of sensor sweep? before we actually drop the containment field? Well, let's let's see. Um, GM, can I attempt to to use my scientific tricorder to um, 
scan the aperture. You may certainly do so. This is going to be a reason science difficulty of four on this one. Um, okay. Would the ship be able to assist with the internal sensor readings? Yeah, I'll give you an assist from the ship. Let's have the ship roll me a communications and sensors, something that has never been rolled. Or no, it's communications and science for this one. It's Wow, yeah. that's that's a new one. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it's ever been rolled in the history of Star Trek Adventures ever to be run ever. <laughs> so, um, and I'm going to do two things. Uh, I am going to um, tap a value. Okay, um, using determination. Yep, I'm going to use duty to the truth. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to spend to uh, momentum to roll an extra d20. Alrighty. Can, can and... you give me a visual uh, description of what this looks like again? Of the cylinder itself? Yes. So the cylinder itself is the size of about a turbo lift, uh, ah, turbo lift passenger yeah. compartment. Um, it is maybe, I'm trying to do dimensions in my head here, so we're talking like maybe three meters tall, maybe two and a half wide, uh, it is a matte gray of a s material that is seamless, as in, again, no blemishes, no markings, nothing of that sort. Um, it is just currently resting on the deck plating. Um, doesn't appear to be putting off thermal signatures or anything of that nature. It's just kind of a very unnerving monolith, almost cylinder, if that makes any sense. Is it standing upright by its own... Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's seated on the bottom of the cylinder. So it's not on the, the roll part of the cylinder. It's on the flat part of the cylinder. Okay. So like a, like a soda gotcha. can almost, where a soda can would sit upright. It's okay. it's seated like that on the deck plating. Okay, interesting. All right. But let's see. Uh, Dottig, that is six, seven successes. So by my count, you actually have capped momentum and you have a floating momentum to ask more questions. But uh, to start things off, yes, you actually are able to get a sensor scan through the aperture that Jaro has found. And you're getting what appears to be a rudimentary command and control interface. Now, the Universal Translator doesn't have enough to fully translate, but it is currently working. Um, Captain, yes, I'm getting... I believe I have access to some sort of root command system. I'm going to tie my tricorder into the bridge security station. Mr. Fives, can I have your cryptographic talents? Uh, just one moment, sir. Uh, well, sir, I believe we should at least secure your tricorder from the ship's network in order to make sure that there is no intrusive technology. Very good. All right. Uh, Captain, if I may have permission to leave the bridge. Uh, of course, if you believe that you'll be better able to complete this task either in one of the security stations or in the cargo bay itself, please. I believe, I believe I'll have to get eyes on in order to uh, meet uh, Commander Dodding's request. Very good. And Jaro's going to air gap the uh, tricorder. Right. What I would Commander say is that to air gap it, if you just give me a momentum and the floating momentum, we'll just call it an advantage created. 
I do think I'm, we had the two floating momentum, though. Uh, is it two floating? I thought you had one floating by my account. Uh, eight successes, difficulty four. Isn't it only seven? Hold on. You're Dante right, got... You're right, yep. Yeah, okay. I was like, am I going crazy? Am I missing something here? Yeah. No, yeah. I just can't do math. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, a dramatically appropriate of time later, fives just appears maybe five seconds after this conversation has happened, because that's how it works in Star Trek. And yeah, by this point, Jaro, you have air gap the tricorder. It's not able to talk to the ship systems at all. All right, uh, Commander. Whenever you're ready. Well, I'm I'm ready now. All right. And fives will train his stuff face yeah pretty much all right so mr fives what you are actually seeing is that this is a command and control for something called an extraterrestrial terraforming automaton really interesting sir uh this appears to be some kind of potentially pseudo-sentient device for terraforming. It defines itself as a terraforming automaton. Huh. That's remarkable. Uh, such it's a small device. Almost reminiscent of a more stable, perhaps, uh, Genesis Matrix. You know, I would guess that if it's an automaton, it's probably sent out by another race, and it might not be alone. There might be many of these out there. Um, perhaps it's a, a race on a planet that is no longer able to sustain them, and they have sent these ahead as sort of uh, pre- terraforming operations so that when maybe they haven't developed warp yet when their ships arrive the planet will be ready for them it's an intriguing theory is it possible that we can glean any sort of telemetry from this thing find out where it came from mm -hmm. or where uh, it was going or anything about who built it well, I know all things you're gonna have to give me momentum to ask um, Though I suppose, Dottig, you are a science officer, so I am you do a science get officer, one free. Yeah. Sure. Um, where did it come from? Where did it come um, from? Where did it, I want to know where it came from. Came that, from? Could, that could give us a, an idea of how old it is if we calculate its velocity at the time we found it versus where it came from. True. So what I'm going to say is that, Jaro, you and Dottig are going to work together to answer this question, but you kind of look between the two of you. Supposedly, the coordinates for where this came from are in the middle of the Dark Matter Nebula you're going to, you know, check out and scan. Ensign, or Lieutenant, I'm sorry. Jaro just lets out a big sigh. You, <sighs> you're... You're a modestly accomplished pilot. This heading would suggest that this came from the heart of this dark matter nebula. Yeah, and I was just uh, ruminating about the fact that uh, I was sure that we were going to find a way 
to have to go into the nebula. Well, I mean, what's the point of a dark matter nebula if you're not going to go in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, doctor, I'm going to need to use my right arm at some point during this, just so you know. <laughs> Why, what is, what is wrong with his right arm? She said some sort of, I don't know, swimmer's elbow. I, I don't know. That's that's not a thing. Swimmer's oh. elbow. It's swimmer's ear. And, you know, it really doesn't have anything to do with swimming. Dr. Lala, yeah. of course, hearing all of this, she's literally five feet away. <laughs> I, she's not giving I, any I, reaction I, to this at this point. That's your first uh, question. So, yeah, uh, Dark Matter Nebula. I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. All right. And Matthew, you look like you got something. What yeah. You got? That was uh, good. I wonder if it has any kind of propulsion system or if this is actually just a projectile that Inertia? was launched. Because if in that case, how was it able to navigate the Dark Matter Nebula, really, given the nature of that kind of phenomenon. You want to spend a well, moment let's, on that? Let's, let's spend a moment and ask that question. It is a projectile purely. It has no propulsion systems. It's just mm -hmm. whatever's inside this thing, and the power unit for it, and rudimentary communications. Can we do some quick math and uh, determine based on its speed and heading when sensors picked it up in relation to its source in the dark matter nebula? approximately how long it has been in transit by the time we picked it up sure and of course anybody present can work on this but it is going to be a very high difficulty task this is going to be a reason and a con and one of you can assist the other but you are not going to be able to get an assist from the ship or let me actually walk that back you can either have the ship assist you or you can have another person present assist you um, but it is a difficulty of five that is the key thing here Do you want me to take the lead on it? I would be happy to assist you. All right. Uh, so Jaro uh, is, you know, starting to look at it and uh, trying to figure out where it uh, potentially has come from. Uh, and I'm going to uh, sell you on Starship Pilot for Focus. It's it's more in of a the prediction. sense that it's propulsion and. Well, I also have starship weapon systems. I mean, I, I did say it was like projectile. A mass, mass driver. I yeah, think. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give it to you. All right. And I, mean, I, I think. And I have recent. Uh, <laughs> and I have recent experience with a gauze cannon type weapon. Yeah. All right. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. All right. Uh, I'm just spending momentum here. I'm going to get up to four dice. Okay. I'm not. So, I'm not doing anything else fancy with this. I think if we just got Alel to take the lead on this, she could use escape and avoidance because it managed to get through that dark matter nebula without <laughs> without running afoul of any nasty phenomena. I love it. Also, I think you should still have one Some momentum one. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Let's see those reason cons from Jaro and Fives. Oh well. God. That is. <laughs> That's two successes. Or no, that's two complications. How? 
I'm not even angry. I'm just mildly impressed. Like <laughs> it's a trillion years old. How? <laughs> oh. Close up for the win. Do you do you want a determination that, or no. should we keep the two complications? No, we're going to keep the complications because yes. I think it's more interesting. Okay. And, and I just want to say, Ensign Prin is on the bridge watching this, and he's saying, "I I truly am the best pilot on this ship. I don't don't understand." <laughs> She just called me. Oh, well. <laughs> so, complication one, the tricorder stops working. Complication two, a gas begins to vent from the cylinder. But it's in a quarantine field. a level 10 force field around the cylinder. Yep, and it was already there. The quarantine field was already there, but with a secondary force field... After a moment, you could barely make out the cylinder for how much gas it has vented into the space. Mm-hmm. Um, can we scan the gas? Yeah, uh, it- the gas is actually a interesting mix, and this is where my science is going to fail me. But you know how technically on Earth, like we have oxygen in our atmosphere, but it's more nitrogen than it is oxygen. Mm-hmm. Reverse those values. I believe Wait, we've activated is this- it. Is it is it trying to terraform the ship? I think we may have triggered its terraforming subroutines. We may want to spit it out of the cargo bay before it starts using the cargo bay. Uh, recommend we put it into a shuttle, not spit out spit it out into space after it's opened. And I'm going to spend two threat to create a third complication. The seam on the back of the cylinder is starting to illuminate and open up even more. All right. Uh, well, on the bright side, I think we opened it. <laughs> yes, thank you, Lieutenant. All right, everybody vacate the cargo bay. We're going to eject it into space. Fives to the bridge. Are there any uh, spikes and energy readings coming from the cargo bay? Could I run a sensor scan of the cargo bay? I would say not even needed. Yeah, there's some energy signatures off the charts coming out of the opening right now. It is producing an exceptionally prodigious amount of energy. Uh, I'm getting readings from across the spectrum. All right, Captain, I, I recommend as soon as we spit this thing out, we go to a safe distance. Have we detected for sure that there are no life forms in that? As of yet, those life forms are doing their duty. Well, it it identified itself as an automaton. Automaton suggests uncrewed. Um, At this point, the aperture is maybe about a foot across. All right, everybody, as chief of security, get out. out. If we spit this out, it was sealed for a reason. Doctor, this, this is the captain. Get out of the cargo bay, eject it into space. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, and as soon as uh, everybody evacuates the cargo bay, five. One moment, because I gotta whisper Watney something. Uh-oh. Yay! I love that. <laughs> oh, a tiny tell me, alien tell me we didn't universe. we didn't vent those little like Men in Black aliens from the like <laughs> inside people's heads just because they're adorable. All right, oh, Rodney, uh, how you act on that, that's on your call. The universe um, is on so Orion's she's, belt. Uh, she's exiting the, the cargo bay and, and turns to give it one last look and can kind of see like a humanoid form through the gases 
in the force field. Uh, she steps out of the doorway and calms the captain. Sir, I'm seeing what appears to be a humanoid shape. Fives belay that order. Doctor, is it alive? Is it some kind of android? Can you tell? Uh, Jara's going to go over to the transporter room, I mean, the uh, transporter in the cargo bay mm. and uh, start setting up a transporter lock to move it to medical quarantine. Hold okay. on. What if those gases are what it needs to breathe? If you yes. move it to sick bay, I was it'll going die. to. I was going to move it with the gases. I mean, we might be able to just leave it in the cargo bay, assuming yeah. it doesn't start. If we, the matter. if we erect a, we've erected a level ten force field around the craft. If we drop the quarantine field, it would give this life form, if it is alive, uh, a chance to make itself known to us. It's funny thing you say that because at this point the cylinder is half open, much like turbo lift doors open up and reveal most of the turbo lift, and now all of you can see inside. A humanoid figure, uh, obviously android, obviously mechanical. Um, it has no discernible markings other than what makes up its bodies, the different parts of it. Um, it is a silver, silver quality, uh, similar to that of the cylinder itself. Now, the one defining feature I would give here uh, that sort of sets it apart from other androids is that it has... Uh, elongated ears, almost like a uh, Vulcan would, but definitely more defined. And you all see it opens up its eyes, and they are unnervingly blue, unnervingly ice blue. And it sort of looks around, and then makes to step out of the uh, ship, projectile, whatever you want to call it. And then it just crumples to the ground. Um, hey, and hey, that's Jara, where we're going to go to break because I'm an asshole <laughs> so we're going to be back in about 5 to 10 minutes everybody stick around oh my god so All right. it collapsed yeah so welcome back everybody to the second part of uh, season 2 episode 7 if you're just joining us the players have brought aboard a strange android life form that has more or less collapsed in front of them inside a quarantine field uh not for anything they did um it doesn't seem that they've caused any damage to either the capsule the automaton was in or to the automaton itself it's just that when the capsule opened the automaton stepped out and then crumpled on the spot and we're about a few minutes past that happening because Captain Lee has come down to, well, do captain-y things, I suppose. Jaro, report. Have you been able to take any sensor scans of it? Is it malfunctioning? Uh, well, uh, Dateg actually was able to run scans, uh, so he might know a little bit better. But um, the it doesn't look like it's malfunctioning. Uh, it looks like we accidentally activated activated it. Has there been any further danger posed to the ship? Is the terrifying matrix activated? Uh, there is a power surge. Uh, Jar is going to try to figure out if it is potentially trying to terraform. Reason, reason engineering difficulty of one. 
Um, and GM, did I, I don't remember actually taking a scan of the Android. Can I, can I do that if I haven't? Uh, you certainly can, but remember the complication? Your tricorder is kaput right now. Right, right. But uh, Jaro, with two successes, giving you a point of momentum. So the gases that escaped the capsule, the gases stopped venting. And in fact, you probably am, well, I would say about 75% confidence. You think that this was just an atmosphere that was maintaining the automaton. Uh, I think we're out of the proverbial woods uh, in the sense that I, I think the atmosphere that it's leaking was just something to keep the android functioning. And the gas is not there anymore, correct? I mean, it's still there unless you vented it. <clears throat> it's Yeah, it's trapped inside the uh, the force field. Okay, yeah. so it is collapsed in the force field with the gas. Correct. Yeah. Okay. GM? Yes. Does, uh, since I have the uh, special EM spectrum, I can just see that. Is there Are there any signals emanating from the automated unit? Yes, and what you're seeing is there's a rudimentary kind of command and control where it's talking to the capsule and back to low-level functions on the automaton. But I'm also going to give you going to give you the fact that there is a imbalance in the atmosphere because when you vent air into air, you basically create a positive pressure sort of source. So there's still air in the force field if you get my meaning. Um, Doctor, I, I actually think this uh, automaton, um, I think it has a, a respiration system because um, there's, because we still have air on that side of the force field, it can't achieve saturation and it is communicating with the capsule. I can't tell what it's saying, but I can see the, the EM band between the two items. Uh, permission to enter the force field and treat the automaton. Fives grabs a mask and hands it to a well. You're gonna need this. In just a moment, Doctor. Uh, Jaro, would it be possible to cycle the atmospheric systems so as to create, I don't know, a, a full atmosphere in accordance with its possible requirements? I guess filtering out the atmosphere that was already there and leaving only what it required or the the composition of the gas. I'll do I'll do the best we can, sir. And uh Jaro's going to try to analyze the uh atmosphere that it re um released uh basically doing a uh 78% oxygen. Basically doing a um analysis by elimination. Makes sense. Uh, so this is going to be a control engineering. The ship will assist you. Hmm, I'm trying to think what the ship would assist you with. Let's go with computers and medicine here. Because it is technically an atmosphere that is keeping the Android. Yeah, let's do computers and medicine for this one. I can get And difficulty? Difficulty will be a three. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to uh, spend determination on this roll because right. it is what it is. And the determination I, the value I am tapping is shut up, I'm rescuing you. Yeah, yeah, that works. 
<laughs> well, that's a complication, but that is three, four successes, so you do get a momentum back. So, good news, bad news. Which do you want first? Uh, bad news. Bad news. In cycling the atmosphere, um, you may or may not have created a security hole through which the automaton can access. Uh, be, be, uh, be ready there, Fives, because uh, to do this, it's, well, it's going to mess with your security field. Sorry. Fives will motion the security team to keep their weapons holstered for now. But the good news is that once you do cycle the atmosphere, the automaton starts to pick itself up. It stands upright, uh, maybe comes about 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, so I think technically still taller than Dottig. But mm -hmm. uh, the automaton just sort of turns its matte silver head around, sort of looking around with its ice blue eyes, and then sort of settles on Dottig, since you are the closest, and doesn't do anything else, just sits there staring at you. Uh, and Dating will speak, hoping the universal translator will um, assist him. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Are you injured? No reply. Hmm. Taking up my tricorder as Dottig is speaking, do I detect any alterations in the signals that are being sent back and forth that might indicate some kind of comprehensible pattern um, based on like the inputs from what Dottig is saying? And he, as he continues to speak, I'll monitor that. Right. I'm just trying to think how to do this without spoiling the mystery. I mean, Jarl's right there as well, so is Alel. All right, what I'm going to say is this is going to be an open role to anybody but Dottig, and you got you can choose whom, who is assisting whom. But in general, this is going to be either a insight and an engineering, an insight in medicine, or an insight in science. I think this is a perfect LL role. You are also muted, Watney. No, I'm not. Can you hear me? I can, can assist now, with yes. a, I can assist with an insight mm -hmm. science. What am I rolling? In insight medicine, and if you have anything related to uh, neural pathways, anything related cybernetics. to... I'll give you cybernetics, yeah. Sorry, what was the roll again? Insight medicine, you're fine. <laughs> it is a difficulty of four here. So you may wish to spend some momentum. Okay, and what exactly am I rolling for again? Just to see what the command and control signals coming from the automaton to the capsule are like. Ooh, Basically, so and difficult. you know, analyzing its brain patterns, if you will. Oh. Um. Okay. Do you see a four? Mm-hmm. You do have three momentum, so you could I'll get up to four dice. I'll spend. Two momentum. Three. Spend three? Yeah, yeah, that's how you get two extra dice. Okay, so I'm rolling four and spending yep. three. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I have uh, cybernetics. Mm -hmm. All right, there's your four successes. So fives, if you want to tack on, hopefully not a complication. We get focuses on assists. You do. 
can I use the uh, the generic observation? I'll give it to you. No complication. Hey, right, no complication. So Alel, um, you know what? I'm just gonna type this out because I I, I had a handout for this and I deleted it thinking I wasn't gonna need it, but. Uh, so just bear with me one moment as I type this out. Okay. Do, 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 do. Um, yeah, and, and while this is going on, uh, Dottig would be talking to the android, you know. Um, my name is Commander Dottig. This is the Federation Starship Congo. We're a scientific and exploration vessel, blah, 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 blah. Just explaining a little bit about the Federation and that we are not here to hurt this artificial life form. All right, there you go, Watney. That should uh, hopefully explain where I'm going with this. Okay. Is there any response from this android? Still nothing. Okay. So she approaches the the area with her tricorder. Um, throws her brow a bit, huh? So, who would be the best equipped, maybe, like, her to turn to? Probably the captain. Um, she turns to Lee. Sir, it appears that the signal from the capsule looks like it's controlling the automaton, almost on a leash of sorts. Does it have any independent processing and computational power of its own, or is it just an extension of, I guess, the terraforming capsule? You gave me a threat, I can answer that question. Sure. Take it. Take the threat. <laughs> this thing is more advanced than a Zoom type. The automaton or the capsule? The automaton. Um, <laughs> there are there are technologies here far, far beyond positronic mechanisms, sir. It's more advanced than a Zoom type android. Given the technology necessary to launch and navigate this mass driver through a dark matter nebula, I suppose that does make sense. So it would be capable of independent action or thought. I've never seen technology like this. I mean, I'm a doctor, not a... Damn it, Lee, she's a doctor, not a engineer. <laughs> uh, not roboticist. an engineer. <laughs> a roboticist. Uh, I do have interest in cybernetics, but um, this is either far from far away or from another time, in my opinion. GM, mm -hmm. are the signals that are traveling between the unit and the uh, automaton possibly subspace and uh, hackable? Well, now that you ask, yes. Captain, I, I think I might be able to patch in via subspace. Hopefully not using your cortical node. Exactly using my cortical node, sir. <laughs> then, now that please. it's been reactivated, it, it 
it functions as a subspace transceiver independent of the ship. And, uh, well, might as well use what we got, right? Lieutenant, are you in any danger of being compromised by this android or this central computer? I don't have enough information to answer that effectively, sir. In that case, Lieutenant, although I appreciate your willingness to put yourself in jeopardy, um, I think we'll save that as a last resort. We can again isolate a, tri a uh, wow, a tricorder from the uh, the ship's systems and attempt to communicate it through with it through subspace rather than jeopardizing a member of our crew. Aye, sir. And basic Star Trek terminology is escaping me tonight. Tricorder. <laughs> Lay in a pursuit course. Doctor, you mentioned that you believe that this might be from alternative time or even from the future. Do you have chronometric readings to substantiate that? Give me a thread. That really I can answer it. Supposition. Oh, God. Could, could I actually make a roll of it? I do have my tricorder out. Could I scan it for chronoton readings or tachyons? You may certainly do so. Reason science, difficulty of one. And survey says. There we go. Uh, there. Look at that! You get four successes, so you get three momentum back. That's good. That's so good. I'm going to tell you something that is not going to make sense until I say the second sentence. It has no chronotons, tachyons, anything like that. But you also can't carbon date it. But if you were to say. I don't know, take a random guess. I mean, I think you're thinking forwards when you need to be thinking backwards, if you get my meaning. And I can be more clear if you don't. Could I compare it with any of the databases that we have related to, I don't know, races like the Iconians or... The Takan. Exactly. Any of the other major interstellar powers from the past with which the Federation is familiar. What I'm going to say is it does not correlate with any, but now that you've actually touched the computer systems of the ship, it's older than the Dark Matter Nebula. Hmm. Well, it does seem that we're dealing with some form of ancient advanced civilization, perhaps one that the Federation has never encountered previously. Sir, if I may speculate, I think it was about 40 years ago that the Enterprise recorded a an ancient race of seed, an ancient race that seeded the worlds. Could this be the mechanism by which they did that? It's a fascinating theory. They seeded the primordial oceans of worlds such as in all likelihood, Bajor, Cardassia, Klingon, Homeworld, and that's why the humanoid form has such prevalence in this region of the galaxy. The also medically explains why so many different species are able to reproduce with one another. Indeed so. We could try and... I can see if I can find the... 
think the enterprise has tech readings from their findings, we might be able to compare those with the signals that are transmitting now. Indeed. And if there's a common programming language, the genetic program that the enterprise reassembled might actually give us insight into the signal that's being conveyed between the terraforming pod and the android. And that sort of coded proxy may be required even for the most rudimentary communication. Well, I'll work with... Oh, go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt, but what I'm going to say here is we can handle this one of two ways. Either you can spend two momentum to create the advantage that you can just pull up that information and make the necessary modifications, or we can make a roll of it if you feel you think you can get momentum. What would the difficulty of the roll be, and what would that roll be? I would say to sort of give Jarl and Alel sort of a moment to shine here, uh, this would probably be a... I would say probably a reason engineering for Jaro, a reason medicine for Alel. Uh, the difficulty would be a two for either of them. What are we attempting to do specifically? So to call back to, so I'm trying to remember the name of the episode in particular, but- The Chase. That's what it was, The Chase. So basically in an episode of TNG, The Chase, um, there was sort of this genetic pattern where if you lined it up in a certain way, it started to form a computer program in the way it was laid out. Mm -hmm. So the whole premise of the episode was that there were the Klingons, the Cardassians, the Romulans, the Enterprise-D. They were running around getting these DNA samples to finish the computer program. And at the end of the episode, they managed to complete it. And as Five just said, what we learn is that there was a progenitor race that we never got the name of. Um that basically seeded the galaxy and that is why so many species are humanoid and not like say okay. the horda gotcha so would cultural flexibility help here i think it would yes okay can do whatever we want roll lives i think it's uh i think it's a good role for ll mm -hmm. oh. yeah Okay, so she's trying to de determine if this is a part of that progenitor. If there's a connection, for sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do we have anything to base that connection off of? I'm just I was... basing that conjecture based on how ancient the uh, the readings are. I would also just throw you the bone that just looking at the thing, it's humanoid. It has a lot of similar features. Okay. Uh, okay. What am I rolling? Let's do insight it. Insight and medicine. Actually, either insight momentum. or reason. Insight or reason plus medicine. Uh, I would like to spend momentum. Okay. How much you spending? Three. Three. Okay. To roll four. Is that you got right? It. Yep. Okay. Um. I have xenobiology as the focus. Technically would apply here, yes. Okay, and can I lower the difficulty with the cultural flexibility? We'll bring you down to a difficulty one. What was it originally? Just a two. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Worth it. Cautious science, is that helpful? It will indeed. Yes. If you want to reroll a dice after you've rolled, you certainly can do so. Okay. Well, I'm gonna do it with it. 
You might want to reroll that complication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now how do I roll just one dice? You go just through the this. same process. Yeah. You just select the one die. Insight, yeah. menacing. No focus and stuff, yeah. Okay. All right, so that is three successes, meaning you get a momentum back. Okay. Elel, yes. In fact, now that you've gotten this far, I can give you another hint. The capsule is more or less telling the automaton to hold and wait for further instruction. But, as has been said so far, the automaton can function on its own just fine. So, again, there's a leashing mechanism here. But you now conceivably have a way to turn off the signal if you wanted. <laughs> Sir, my uh, my tricorder is indicating that. So, and GM, let me know if this is not correct. But mm-hmm. the the leashing signal, sir, from the capsule is sort of a one way signal. Mm-hmm. Um, the pattern might indicate that it is informing the automaton to wait. There is a way we could turn it off from the capsule and sort of wake up the automaton, but I can't guarantee what behavioral outcome might happen from that. Hmm. Fives, be ready to act if necessary, but it seems as if we're at a point of impasse. Doctor, as long as you're confident that it won't adversely affect the android in any way, potentially damaging it, or disrupting its subroutines, please go ahead and try to filter out the signal so that we can engage with it. Would she be confident at all in that? I mean, you are, I would just say that, yeah, that is something you could just push a button and do because you've succeeded so far. Okay. Um, I'm confident that this is not sustaining any uh primary systems it's of the automaton it's simply holding it hostage so to speak so we should be okay would we be able to spend two momentum to create uh, an initiative advantage should it become hostile i i think you could do that yeah is everybody okay with that being a thing yeah i think that represents the orchestration of the security officers and their proper positioning mm-hmm. around the security the, mm-hmm. the cargo bay mm-hmm. thank you like it. And I think at this point, Lee would move to stand beside Commander Dateg, putting a hand on his shoulder and just moving him back slightly as he positions himself before the android. Mm-hmm. Fives will stand protectively uh, ahead of Dr. Alel and Jaro. Okay. So would she need Jaro's help to do this, or is this like a switch? But she... This is literally a switch. Okay. And so there's still like an encapsulated quarantine field, correct? Correct. Um, okay, so she'll instruct the computer to drop the drop the field. Okay, drop the field or drop the signal. Drop the field so she can get in, right? Like to do that. No, I mean you could do it from here. You you can stop the signal from here. You don't oh, have to okay. go into the field to do this. Okay, yeah, she would just modify her tricorder to quickly do that then. Okay. You push the button, 
and almost immediately the automaton head sort of twitches to the left you know sort of like how commander data would do like whenever he got some like really weird information he'd have that head twitch um something very similar happens here and then almost as if seeing you for the first time um the eyes of the automaton just sort of widen and look around and it starts with Jaro in the back and says species 67 then to fives also species 67 then goes to allow species 42 then to Datic species 135 and then to Lee species 3 and Lee will uh, take another step forward my name is Captain Lee Tobin you're aboard the scientific research vessel the USS Congo from the United Federation of Planets are you capable of conversing with us? It just keeps staring in silence at you. We're on a mission of peaceful exploration. We encountered your... your terraforming pod adrift in space. The moment you mention that, there's another violent head twitch to the side, and then its voice changes from sort of a mechanical quality to one more personable. And it starts to sort of assume humanoid mannerisms. Like before, it was a very stiff, very robot-like. Um, but now it sort of relaxes. Its shoulders fall a little bit. Uh, its body is a little bit more loosey-goosey. And it sort of looks at you and says, Captain Lee, Species 3, thank you for getting rid of the command and control device. We wish to be able to converse with you and offer you what aid we could. It seemed as if that was the only means by which to do so. Well, had you not stepped in, I would have been mute, deaf-mute for pretty much until the Siri signal was given. I'm afraid that means very little to us. We're completely unfamiliar with your technology, your design, and the species that potentially created you. Ah, yes, this makes sense. The Sairi are your progenitor race. I am a automaton of the Sairi. It was my duty to be launched at planets deemed suitable for terraforming that could produce species such as yourself. Well, um, as you seem to have intuited, we have encountered at least some remnants of the genetic codes left behind by this progenitor race, the Sairi. Well, without having encountered them, you would have not been able to disable the command and control interface without destroying the capsule. It was, as Species 45 likes to say, only logical. And at this it, point, I think you're getting the sense that it knows a little too much about you. Like, it just, quote-unquote, woke up, and it knows a little too much about you. Uh, Lee, as surreptitiously as possible, would like to double-check his tricorder readings to see if it has, I guess, infiltrated our computer systems. Yep, you remember that complication I said earlier about how there was a hole that uh, it could have gotten through? It's downloaded your entire computer database. I mean, all of it. 
I see that you have tremendous processing capabilities and that you've accessed our ship's database. What do you intend to do with the information that you've gleaned from our computers? Unknown. I seem to not have a purpose anymore. The purpose of this vessel, as I've stated, and as you've no doubt learned from your examination of our databanks, is to seek out strange new worlds and to learn about the civilizations and the peoples that inhabit them. If you wish, you could of course participate in that. We would be pleased to learn from you as you have already learned much from us. And I think the automaton nods and it walks right up to Datig, looks down and says, your species has a predilection for argument. I wish to state that you are an ugly small thing. Charo just laughs. And yeah, well, that's Datig will um, smile and say, I think you and I will get along just fine. Oh, I would hate that. You as a friend would be the worst thing possible. Oh, I like her so much already. You're a glorified toaster. At least a toaster that has more brain power than you do. Am I doing this right, Captain Lee? I am unsure. Uh, I think you might have to to get a little bit more personal occasionally, but as a as a right. first personal. attempt at insults. Yes. The must... automaton literally backhands Dottig across the face. Whoa. Is that personal Whoa. enough? Whoa. No, that's physical, not personal. Uh, oh, my apologies, I seem to have erred. I'm uh usually you you if you're friendly bantering with somebody you know their name, what what can we call you? You know, you punch like a packlet. Packlet. That, pack that is to say, not very well. Strange. I do not have any records for seating of packlet. They must be outside of the great hmm. receding. Um, access uh, tertiary memory file. No, I'm aware a. of what a packlet is. I am simply stating that the Syrie never had intentions to make the packlet. If I may, you've identified us presumably by the order in which the uh, progenitors seeded our races. What was the first race that you seeded? Obviously, you'll share more data with us as we continue to learn about you, but I am immensely curious. They are what you would call the founders. Interesting that the first race is not humanoid by default at all yet they do appear humanoid when interacting with the rest of the universe did you not think it odd that the founders always looked like the Syrie and out of character this is my way of explaining that little plot hole that they threw in where literally the actress that did the the message is literally the female changeling founder Mm -hmm. Salam Jens this is all your fault this wasn't she also um Lieutenant Commander Darren? I think? No. No, I'm thinking of someone else, yeah. 
obviously there was some kind of alteration in the genetic templates and schemas that you used to seed future planets, but it is quite reassuring and affirming to know that even something so disparate as a changeling actually shares much in common with us. And the automaton sort of looks back at Commander Dottig and says, How long do I engage in friendly banter? I am unsure. It's different for each species, but um, a good rule of thumb is only for as long as you want to. Well, I no longer wish to communicate with your ugly ass face and turns to fives. I do not recognize part of your makeup. I spent some time as part of a cybernetic species. Strange. There was no such species in knowledge. The Borg, you have termed them. They are an abnormality, one that if the Syri were around, would have eradicated. He'd probably done a favor to a lot of people, and probably done some harm to some others, depending on circumstances. And Tomaton turns to Alal. You need a third husband. Then turns to Jaro. <laughs> you do not have your comm badge. I believe you are out of uniform. Uh, yeah. It's just the way that it goes. Also, you appear to have a repetitive stress injury in your right arm. You should get that looked at. <laughs> He's supposed to be on bed rest. Believe it or not. Also, Captain Lee, there has been discussion that you need to have a cup holder. I can perform this duty. You can serve as a cup holder? No, I can add a cup holder to your chair, which <laughs> is currently five microns out of alignment thanks to Lieutenant Fives engaging the emergency release. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> what did you do to my chair now, Fives? Rowan did it, actually, and I will explain that in my reports. Rowan, Cation, um, Species 24. Yes. Automaton, do you have a more familiar designation? You could simply abbreviate my name, Extraterrestrial Terraforming Automaton, Eta. What? Eta? That's a stupid name. It's better than Dottig. It's got you there. Ida, if I may, you are engaged in communications with us at levels that are traditionally reserved for rank and social hierarchy that have as yet been unearned. That is good, because I do not wish to engage in hierarchical mannerisms. That is why I no longer wish to see that, and it kind of motions over its shoulder at the capsule. I um, will say, however, forgive me, Lieutenant, that this ship does have a hierarchical command structure, as the Lieutenant has noted, and in certain circumstances, we would expect you to accord with the structures we have in place. I will not be a nuisance. However, I would simply repeat that the longer that is here, the more danger it has of reassuming control. I believe a level three photon torpedo delivered directly into the bay would destroy it. Uh, a level a photon torpedo set to level three would destroy half this deck. Well, we could eject the, we could eject the capsule and target it with a torpedo at level three. 
What if we just... Uh, Could we not instead deactivate it? What? You do not currently have the means to deactivate the capsule. What is the range of its signal, its ability to communicate with you? Several thousand light years. What if we just transported it and then didn't bring it back? Add a character, you mean literally trying to transport it and then just losing into the back? Like buffer. lose the buffer. The only reason you can't do that, and this would have come up had Jaro tried to beam the capsule into medical quarantine, the neutronium in the hull is basically blocking a transporter lock. Okay, that's fair. And there's no means by which we could disable the signal by interfacing with the device itself. It seems a tremendous waste of all the potential that could be gained by examining the systems, considering its complexity and its age. Well, I believe this is what you would call a command decision. Though I would recommend not giving it to Commander Dantic here. Did you know that he is currently wearing his underpants on backwards? That's abjectly false. And, Etta, if I may, you'd be so gracious as to humor me and my poor substandard intellect. If you're so terribly advanced, why don't you deactivate the pot? Unless you're just a puppet with strings. That actually is an apt metaphor from One So Limited. Yes, you have cut the strings, but the marionette portion is still being controlled. Captain, At least I think I... out of characters, is the marionette, whatever those bars are actually yeah, called? Well, yeah, I don't know. But I know what you're talking We know what you're talking about, I think. Yes. It's good good imagery. Captain, in the, in the interest of alacrity, um, any of our attempts to reasonably maintain the capsule on the ship may not be completed in time for the capsule to reassert its authority over Etta. I'm not willing to allow it to reassert itself over a sapient and self-aware being. I believe that the preservation of your individual free will even transcends anything that we could glean from that capsule. And Etta, do you have the database information from this thing rattling around inside your rusty innards? They are not rusty, but yes. Oh, well then. If she contains the information, then if we have her, then what do we need it for? It's one of the last artifacts of a departed civilization, Doctor. I would hope that whatever we leave behind when we're gone is treated with a, at least a modicum of respect spoken like a true Bajoran. However, I would, I would also posit... Hope... <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead, Dad. Nope, I'm just coughing. Thanks. Okay. Requesting just to the move the physical object into a shuttle and study it off ship, sir. If it has a potential range of thousands of light years, then... Oh, it's that. It's that. Okay, never mind. What if we warped a thousand years away? I, I would posit that Etta would be able to provide any and all archaeological interests based on the capsule itself. And in terms of cultural significance, um, Etta itself would be uh, a much more apt living testament to this ancient race than a 
hollow shell. Quite so. Um, out of character, GM, how far mm -hmm. is the Gamma Quadrant from where we are? I mean, uh, in terms of like the, the trip through the wormhole. I mean, if you go through the wormhole, you pretty much travel... Because I, I had to do this for Amalthea. I'm just trying to remember the numbers. I believe it's 25,000 light years, similar to what Voyager was. But it's 25,000 light years from where Bajor is and where the wormhole spits you out. So where you are now, it's closer to 24,000. So still a very significant distance. We have a micro wormhole generator. You do indeed. Yeah, I was thinking about that. But if it's... if uh one way that as well but also uh i think that she said that the signal could reach her thousands of light years away was that thousands it? correct yeah so even so then that would be we insufficient. Should get rid of it yeah <laughs> very well prepare to remove it from the cargo bay uh use the internal tractor beams to guide it out of the bay and then fives do what's necessary to ensure it has continued well free will yes sir well this is going to be the last roll of the night but uh mr fives i need you to roll me a control security the ship will assist you with a weapon security difficulty is a three this will succeed at cost but there may be a complication if you fail I love failing. Well, don't sound too enthused. Well, we have zero momentum, so here we go. Uh, you said uh, if it's gonna be the if it's gonna be the last roll of the night, just dump. A, yeah. You do have. It's gonna be the last roll yeah. of the night. Just dump a bunch of threat. <laughs> I mean, that's the quickest way to me to bump up the difficulty. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, so you said control security. Control security. Yep. Okay. Um. I will go control security um, using shipboard tactical systems as a focus mm -hmm. and using my determination, such a noble creature. That'll work. Um, Etta is quite fascinating as um, a newly discovered sentience, uh, if not a full-on life form. And uh, there will be many years of gleaning for any interested party that Etta allows to learn those secrets. Uh, one more die, but that's already four successes. Oop. And then if someone wants to grab the ship, uh, ship is weapons security. I've got that. That's All right, that's five successes. successes. So all I need to see is just not a red here. Don't roll red, and you're good. All right, you didn't roll red. Six successes. So what happens is, as described, uh, Etta uh, sort of steps to the side and allows tractor beams to guide the capsule out into space, of course, maintaining quarantine the entire time. Uh, the capsule floats a good distance away from the Congo. The Congo travels just far enough away to be in the safe zone, Fives, you fire a photon torpedo directly into the opening of the pod. The pod explodes into dust. And then Itis sort of looks out, again, of the open cargo bay door, you know, with the force field over it, and says, Very well. 
Jaro, I will need your assistance adapting to this atmosphere. Okay, how can I how can I assist you? I need you to rig up either a nitrogen oxygen converter or find a way to change my atmospheric processing abilities. Well, let's start with a little external device and then we'll uh, see what we can do about editing your internal systems. Oh, one other thing, Jaro. The captain and the commander have been messing with you. There is nothing wrong with the captain's replicator. Oh, well, that that's... Uh... Ah, oh, that's good to know that I've spent... Yeah, okay, thanks. And on that amazingly awkward <laughs> note, that's where we'll end today's session. Oh, what'd you guys think? Mm -hmm. was that was fun. Highly enjoyable. I did not expect my way out there speculation to be on the nose that was pretty cool. i was trying really really hard not to drop hands because i wanted you to figure it out organically and you did so i mean once as soon as you said it was ancient and it was a terraformer i just put that together and was like it's an ancient like seed communication thing and that's where it all came from so well yeah. done it's way cooler than like the black goo from prometheus so yeah oh I'm so sorry, Matthew, if I reminded you of anything. So we're, we're sorry if we reminded you of Prometheus. Viewers, yeah. Black Goo is not the raid message. Um, Loved it. I thought it was there was a lot of suspense and lots of good RP at the start. Some mm -hmm. good character development. It was really well paced and I had a lot of fun. Good. Good. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, uh, this is where I'm going to end the recording for YouTube, but Twitch stick around because we're going to raid somebody. So YouTube, have a good one.